He was just driving down the road and then just was like, I think, well, I think I remember something's going on there tonight and then just decided to walk in and then he trusted Christ. So that was, that was really cool. So we just have seen God do so many things. I also want to say thank you to all the leaders that were here that sacrificed sleep and, and all that. Appreciate you guys. And, and Miss Colleen, I think I, did I, okay, I didn't see her in here. But she prepared all the food, and the food was really good from what I hear. So, Amen. That's exciting. Here you go. <laughs> so, anyway, I'd like to introduce our speaker, Chris. This is Chris Selby. Um, he's been doing an amazing job. Do you guys think he's been doing a great job this weekend? <laughs> he's been doing such an awesome job. He loves the Lord. He's a friend and mentor in my life. He was a youth pastor for 17 years. <laughs> Such a long time. It's awesome. <laughs> I'm, I'm just old. And, uh, so, man, it's amazing. It's amazing. So, I'm really excited for you guys to, to hear from him. There's going to be a short video, and then he's going to... Good morning. Good morning. How, how, how are y'all doing this morning? Man, I hope so. We're, we're in the Lord's house this morning, amen. We just sung to the most amazing God. <laughs> And what he's done for us, amen. Man, if, if you, that just stuff excites me. Do y'all get excited about it? Like, I know these students, hey, there's students way in the back too. Hey, shout out to y'all back here in the back. How y'all doing? Yeah. Praise the Lord. They're backseat, backseat Christians. Anyway, uh, and, and, and Tyler, Tyler, that was a, just a very nice way. I love you, brother. Where are you at? Oh, there he is. Uh, that was just a really nice way of him saying he's really old. <laughs> nah, yeah, man. I, I had the privilege to be a youth pastor in local church for 17 years. And for the last, now going on, eight years, had a ministry called Multiply, coaching, mentoring youth pastors, and speaking all around the country and sometimes in the world. And, and man, God has just done things that I, if you would have told me uh, when I was 20 years old, uh, I was a child of the enemy and, and living my life in a pagan of pagans that he would use me to do. It's crazy, right? Like he, he uses the foolish things of the world to confound the wise, does he not? And I am the foolish of the foolish, you know what I'm saying? And so, man, just glory to God. for Man, y'all have some amazing students. You have amazing students. I have amazing uh, youth pastor team. Obviously, it starts with Tyler and Holly. They're so amazing. And then the adult leaders I got to know this weekend, man, it's been a privilege and honor for me to be here. I mean, yeah, I, I've been speaking, man. I've been soaking up God's presence and his spirit, man, as we just been worshiping, worshiping him all weekend. And man, I want to thank the church for supporting them and allowing this to happen. And, and the food was amazing, by the way. Uh, I, yeah, I probably gained a few pounds, but that's okay. Glory to God, it's wintertime, I probably need to stay a little warmer. Um, but yeah, so man, this weekend we talked about freedom, right? Freedom. Like, we talked about what is true freedom. Uh, and the opposite of freedom, right, is imprisonment or slavery, right? And those two things are two sides of one coin. And, and, and as the first night we talked about how you can be free from death, right? And, and some people got freed from death Friday night, amen? Like they went from, from death to life in a moment when they put their trust in Jesus alone for salvation, amen? Anybody else in here had that happen to them? Yeah, I hope so, right? Listen, listen, if you're in this room, you still may be dead. 
in your sins, but you can walk out of here alive in Christ. Amen. What a, what a miraculous thing. Let us never forget that the greatest miracle of all time is still people going from death to life. Amen. And if you have been given life because of your faith in Christ, man, let's celebrate that this morning. Right? We should be the most joyous people on planet Earth. Amen? No matter if our, listen, this home, this place, this earth is not our home. We're just sojourners. We're passing through, man. Heaven is our home, right? Woo, man. <laughs> Death to life. And then the second session, we talked about freedom from who you used to be. Listen, we, not, we were murderers. We were adulterers. That's not who we be anymore. Who we are in Christ is totally forgiven. Amen. A child of the living God, holy and blameless in his eyes because of what Jesus has done for us. Do you believe that this morning? Woo, holy, I don't feel holy and blameless, but I am holy and blameless because that's what Jesus says about me because I'm covered by the blood. Amen? So, man, freedom from who we were so we can start walking in that freedom. And then last night we talked about freedom from sin itself. So many believers, man, we, we are free because Christ has set us free, but then we're still sitting in the, in the jail cell, shackles undone. The prison door unlocked, and we're still sitting there because we're still enslaved to sin. We talked about, like I just say, right, we talked about being a slave to pornography, slave to addiction, slave to unforgiveness, slave to fear, man. He's given us not the spirit of fear, but the power, right, the spirit of power and love, right? And so last night, man, the students just challenged him, man, just to, at the end of the service last night, it was amazing, man. We just lost in his presence for about at least an hour. I don't even know how long it was. And at the end, the students were challenged just to think that Jesus was sitting across from them, knee to knee. And with his, his scar hands, man, just give it to Jesus. Whatever the sin is, whatever the struggle is, whatever the pain is, whatever the unforgiveness is, whatever the hurt is, give it to Jesus, man. And so they left here last night, I hope, in freedom. And so that brings us to this morning, right? So we're building up to this. And so this morning is, is freedom to live, like to truly live. It's kind of crazy because, because Jesus gave us life through his death. And what Jesus asked us to do is give us true life through our death as we surrender him and die to him and for his cause and for his purposes in life, right? It's crazy, isn't it? He gave us life through his death, and he is asking us through his death to give us life through our own death. Galatians chapter 5, 1 has been our theme verse all weekend. It says this, it is for freedom, everybody say freedom, freedom. that Christ has set us free. And then it says stand firm, I say stand firm. stand firm. Then and do not let yourselves be burdened again to a yoke of slavery. Listen to me. The matter of fact is this, is that we are going to be a slave to something or someone. We're going to be a slave to ourselves, our sin, the enemy, or we're going to be a slave to Jesus. 
right? That's just a matter of fact. Like, like that's how we are. We are a slave to something or someone. Listen, it says this in Romans 12.1. It says, and so, dear brothers and sisters, this is Paul writing to the church, right? He says, I plead with you, I beg you to give your bodies to God to have him love you more. No, 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 that's not what it says. <laughs> right? We talked about it all weekend, man. God loves you. He adores you based on what Jesus did, not based on what you do or don't do. That's freedom, right? That's freedom. And so Paul is saying, give your bodies to God because of all he's done for you. And we know in Romans chapter 3, all the way through Romans chapter 12, is all these amazing things that God has done for us. And we went over a lot of those in Ephesians chapter 1, right? On Saturday morning, that we are a child of God, that we're adopted, we're pleasing to God, we're holy and blameless. We, he has given us the Spirit, right, as a, a, a down payment of our guarantee of eternal life. In the life to come, right? And in view of all these things, Paul is saying because of all, listen, our motivation for being a slave to Christ or giving our life to Christ and laying down our life is love. It's because what he's done for us, not to be a better Christian or, or not to, you know, be able to brag about it, but it's simply because of what he's done for us. And that's why all weekend we've been talking about what he's done. It says, let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. Listen, it's another way to worship him. We worship just now, right? We're worshiping right now. But how do you worship him? Monday through Saturday? It's being a holy and living sacrifice. Dying to yourself, dying to your wants and your desires and your hopes, and your dreams, and giving those to Jesus. Putting your yes on the table. Be a holy and living sacrifice. Now, do you understand the picture of this? Like, they understood this. A living sacrifice, because of the Jewish, right, they would take once a year, right, they would take uh, the unspotted calf, or the unspotted turtle dove, uh, the unspotted lamb, and they would bring it to the temple, and they would sacrifice this animal to a foreshadowing of forgiveness of their sins. Listen, in God's economy, something has to die to bring life. Jesus was the perfect lamb of God to bring you life. And now he's asking you, Will you lay down your life for me because of all I've done for you? The God we just sung to, the Jesus we just sung to. Remember, you can have it all. You can have it all. Easy to sing, sometimes hard to do, amen? Not going to lie to you. It's not always easy. But if our motivation is his love and what he's done for us, and we understand that, and the closer we get to him, what choice do we have? Right? What choice do we have? What choice do we have? It's, listen, John 10, 10, right? Satan came to steal, kill, and destroy, but Jesus came to give us the abundant life. That is the abundant life. It's dying to herself and living for Christ. It's not money or the American dream or great retirement plan or vacations. That's not it, man. 
living on mission for Jesus, that's true abundant life. That's thrilling and exciting. And until you experience it, you won't get it. It's so much more than just coming and sitting in a seat once a week or twice a week or three times a week or even working inside the church. That's great. But, man, there is nothing like seeing people come to Christ laying down your life for him, whatever that looks like in your context, sharing the gospel, making disciples. So thrilling. There's nothing like it. I had a guy in our small group back home in our church that's really struggling with, like, his work and living for Christ. And he's been consumed for 20-some-odd years with building up his kingdom, his house, his land, his, his family, his possessions and he's just starting to realize that it's all worthless compared to Christ and he's like Chris how do you do it I'm like me I don't do anything I just put my yes on the table baby I just put my yes on the table God doesn't listen he doesn't look for the most gifted or the smartest or the tallest or the shortest or whatever man or most athletic all he looks for is people who put your yes on the table. Give him a blank sheet of paper and say, here I am. Send me. Have you done that with your life? Jesus did not die and raised from the dead so we can live a comfortable life. <laughs> I'm sorry if that's what you think, but that's not true. True joy, true fulfillment, True purpose in life comes from following Christ and fulfilling his great commission and his great commandment. If you're, I tell people this all the time. If you're bored in your Christian walk, you ain't following Jesus. Because he asks you to do crazy stuff, y'all. Talk to the clerk at Walmart. Leave everything and follow him. Quitting jobs. Going to the mission field. Talk to your boss about Jesus. <laughs> right? But remember, our motivation isn't to be a better Christian or because that's what we do. No, it's because of what he's done for us and we get it. Right? Listen. Listen to this. Mark 8, 34. Jesus said, then calling the crowd to join his side, he said, if any of you wants to be my follower, you must give up your own way. Take up your cross and follow me. The picture of the cross is death, y'all, right? Take up your cross and follow me. Die to me. If you try to hang on to your life, you will lose it. But if you give your life for my sake and for the sake of the gospel, you will save it. It's crazy. To gain it, we got to give it. To truly have this abundant life, we have to give it away, and then he'll give it to us in return. I know it's hard, and it's scary, and it's frightful, and it goes against every fiber of our being, right? Because our flesh is saying, no, I want what I want. I want to be God. I got plans. I got dreams. I'm scared to death to let someone else control my life. But I'm telling you from the very second you do, you'll never regret it in your life. I've never regretted it, not, not one time. Tyler has never regretted it. For those of you in this room that have done that, you've never regretted it, have you? Yeah, there's been hard times and difficult times. God, what are you doing, right? But never regret. It's the abundant life. It's the good life. It's the great life. 
So what does it look like? What is that actually? What is this abundant life? What is Jesus when he says, lay down your life, take up your cross? What does it look like? There's really two things. I call it the method and the mission, right? Number one is Matthew 22, 36 through 40. It says, teacher, I love this. A religious guy was asking Jesus, teacher, which is the most important commandment in the law of Moses? You know, there was a lot of them, (laughs) and the Pharisees made up a bunch of them. Jesus replied, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment, and second is equally important, love your neighbor as yourself. Listen, the entire law and all the demands of the prophets are based on these two commandments. How's that going for you? How do you love Jesus? How do you love him with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, and all your strength? You know what God's love language is? Obedience and quality time. How's that going for you? What does it look like for you in your day-by-day life? You know, no matter what happens in life, it takes sacrifice. I asked the students last night, man, when we were just, oh, it was so good to just be in the presence of God. Wasn't it good? I told the students, I'll tell you guys, you can have that every day. You don't have to have a special D-Now event. It's not like God is only in this room. You can have it every day. Are you willing to sacrifice? I asked them, are you willing to sacrifice a movie? Go bed early so you can get up earlier? Shut off social media for a while? Maybe instead of working out, you work out with Jesus? <laughs> Nothing wrong with working out. Physical, remember the word says physical workouts are good. But oh, physical workouts with Jesus is better, right? That's my own, that's my own interpretation. Why are you willing to give up so you spend time with Jesus? Not because you have to, not because it's a checklist. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about legalism. I'm not talking about religion. Talking about because you and I have the opportunity to spend time in the presence of our God, of our daddy. Do you realize the Old Testament peeps? One time a year, one time a year you could go in the presence of God. One time. And only the high priest, right? And if they, listen, history tells us if they did something wrong, they didn't do the tassel, have the jacket on right, and the tassels wasn't all right, or if they didn't sacrifice something just right, or if they had hidden sin, they didn't confess, the very second they got into God's presence in the Holy Holies, they would drop dead. And and they would tie a rope around their waist or around around their ankle with bells on it so they could pull that dude out. Because no one else is going in, they drop dead too, but you and I, because of Jesus, right, our high priest, we get to, oh, we can go into God's throne anytime we want, y'all. In the shower, in the car, at school, at work. I love that they say they take prayer out of schools. <laughs> That's funny. They can't take prayer out of school. They can't take prayer out of our work, right? It's prayer. So what's it look like for you? Are you loving on him or are you letting him love on you? If you don't have that, then you'll never get the next, right? I mean, love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Spend time with him. Be, are you being obedient to him? Is he asking you to do something? You're saying no. Has he told you to stop doing something? You're like, I'm not going to stop that. Like, do you have something you're keeping from him? Like, I don't know. Only you and God knows that. 
But then the second one is the mission, right? It says Jesus came and told disciples, this is Matthew 28. This is, this is called the Great Commission, the cause. Listen, child of God, this is our life. This is what we eat, what we breathe, what we live. This is everything for us. Everything. Listen to what it says. We know it, right? I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth, Jesus is saying. Therefore, go. Therefore, go. And make disciples of all the nations. Baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you. And be sure of this. Which, what are those commands? Love God. Love people, right? <laughs> I have given you. And be sure of this. I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Listen to me. Jesus has given you authority, child of God. He gave you authority. Look at this. Therefore, go. That word go doesn't just mean, and I love it that missions, listen, yes, I love missions. I go to missions. I've spoke in different countries. I love it. But can I be real honest with you guys? If you're not going across the street, then why are you going across the country? Or across the ocean? That's a serious question to ask yourself. Because what happens is, well, oh, this is our mission trip week. We're going to share the gospel. We're going to be the hands and feet of you. We're going to love on people, and that's amazing. But you're not doing it in your Jerusalem. Then why are you doing it anywhere else? Make sense? That's our home base. This is where God's planted us. Praise God for doing that. But please don't do that only one week a year. Do it 365 days a year, amen? Makes sense. Does that make sense? Can you imagine if Jesus and his disciples said, listen, guys, we're going to go to Egypt and tell people about me. We're not going to do anything here. <laughs> How weird would that be, right? What about your coworkers? What about your neighbors? What about your classmates, your co-op friends? What about them? They need Jesus, and Jesus is telling you to go as you're going in life. Discipleship isn't something, or the gospel isn't something you add to your life. It is your life. Therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you, and be sure of this. I am with you always. Listen to me. Are you making a disciple? Older men. Are you pouring into younger men? Older ladies, are you pouring into younger ladies? I think that's biblical, right? Seniors, juniors, are you pouring into a younger student? You know, I realized back in the day that I had never actually made a disciple. I'd seen a lot of people come to Christ. But I never actually taught them to obey everything Jesus had taught me. I didn't teach them how to read the word. I didn't teach them how to pray. I didn't teach them how to share the gospel. I got a good friend that he says this. He says, you, you know when you've made a disciple, when whoever you've been pouring into, whether you lead them to Christ or you find a, a, a baby in Christ, and you pour into them and walk with them and disciple them like Jesus did his disciples, and they share their faith or they take a babe in Christ and start pouring into them, that's when you know you've made a disciple. Right? Does that make sense? Discipleship doesn't happen from up here. 
a little bit, but you'll forget 80, 90% of what I say, and that's okay. Discipleship comes in intimate relationships, right? Can, parents, can I challenge you with this? Are you discipling your children? It's not Tyler's job to disciple your children. It's not even the church's job to disciple your children. They come alongside you and help you in that. Are you teaching your kids how to read the word by reading it with them? Are you teaching them how to pray by praying with them? Are you teaching them how to share the gospel by sharing it with them and in front of them? Our kids, right, they catch way more than they're taught. How does that look like in your home? And are you preparing your kid to, when they turn 18, man, to shoot that arrow to college or out in the world so they can be kingdom warriors for Christ? They're not your own. They're God's, right? These kids are not yours. They're God's. And he has given them to you to prepare them to when they turn 18, the best you can, so they will follow Jesus with their whole stinking life. And that's hard work, and that's intentional, and it's messy. Are we too busy with our work and our own dreams and our own plans that we're not even discipling our kids? You have no idea, and I'm not saying this is any of you guys, you have no idea how many students that I counsel say, my mom and dad, even pastors, yeah, they preach, and man, but at home, they're different. We don't pray, we don't read the Bible, but he tells everybody to do that. Oh, man, how painful is that? If everyone in this room would disciple their kid and maybe one other person, you would change the world, guys. Let me tell you, let me tell you this crazy stat. I love evangelism because I'm an evangelist, right? But if you took, and you need both, right? But if you took 10 of the greatest evangelists of all time, Billy Graham, Moody, Spurgeon, whoever, Sunday, 10 greatest evangelists of all time, and they were spoke to 1,000 different people in 10 different places across the world. So 10,000 people every day had the opportunity to hear and respond to the gospel of Jesus Christ. Wouldn't that be exciting? Right? You know a lot of people be getting saved because they heard it, right? But doing it that method only, how long would it take for the almost 8 billion people on planet Earth to have the opportunity to hear and respond to the gospel? Over 1,300 years. Over 1,300 years. Now, what if we took Jesus' Great Commission seriously and we actually made disciples? And just 10 of us in this room, me and nine of these amazing students, and said, I'm going to take this seriously. I'm going to pray for my lost friends. I'm going to share the gospel. And by God's grace, if they get saved, then I'm going to start pouring into them. And in one year, they're going to know how to share the faith, how to read the word. They're going to be following Jesus and living on mission for Christ. We'd have 20 in the first year. Whoop-de-doo, right? Compared to the whatever 10 times 365 is. Is that 365,000? I'm not very smart. But anyway, and I'm not a mathematician. So you get 20 versus that many. And you're like, oh, woohoo, right? But multiplication or addition, right? How long would it take? Do, like 10 of us, 20 of us after the first year, and then we all did one more. And we kept doing just one more. I did one more. Then I did one more. And then who they disciple did one more. How long would it take to reach the almost 8 billion people on planet Earth? 27 years. 
27 years, y'all. That is why Jesus modeled what he modeled. Not one time in scripture do I see him telling the disciples to get everybody and bring them to him so I can preach to them. Even the Sermon on the Mount is our words. It says he sat down to teach. What I'm afraid has happened in our American culture is we had a big tent revival every Sunday and we've forgotten the mandate to make disciples. Do both. We can do both. But it takes every single believer to take seriously, laying down your life to make disciples. And that may look at your work. He may be calling you to mission field. He may be calling you to your school. I call students fairly funded missionaries. The government got something right. They are paying kids to live on mission for Jesus. If you're homeschooled, praise God, get involved in the co-op. Find lost people. I never ever want to hear, well, I don't know any lost people. That's our fault, not anybody else's fault. Right? You got neighbors. If your kids, bug your parents. <laughs> Say, hey, let's get to know some neighbors. Let's start prayer walking our streets. Let's have a barbecue. Let's invite lost people into our home. You see, what the enemy has done is he has put this, this wall between the church and the world. And we're supposed to be in the world, not of the world, right? And so we've taken this theory, don't be of the world, but we've done it so much where we're scared to death of unbelievers. Right? But how can we fulfill his great commission? If I remember right, right, God, Jesus, God is ascending God. Jesus gave up glory, right? He gave up heaven to come here and to die for you and to die for me. And he is simply asking you to die yourself and live for him. It's that simple. It really is that simple. And it's not, listen, it's simple, but it ain't easy. It ain't easy. It ain't easy. So let me ask you, listen, as your musicians come, I'm going to challenge you. I'm a challenge guy, right? Like the application is huge. You may not know, listen, you may be sitting there today and you may be called to ministry. I know guys that are 60 years old that was called when they were 20 and never gave, and they waited till they were 60 to say, yeah, I surrender. He may be asking you to get baptized. He may be asking you to just simply Share the gospel with your lost friend. I don't know what he's asking you today. And listen, you're not going to know, maybe. I didn't know what I was getting into when I put my yes on the table. I didn't know. I had no idea. I was going to be a youth pastor for 17 years. I was going to get to travel the world and see kids like this get saved. And I mean, I didn't know. I didn't know. Oh, man, but I wouldn't change it for the world. It's amazing. What about you? What's he calling you to do? What's he calling you to die to? I'm going to do something a little unconventional. That's who I am. And if no, listen, I'm going to ask you to stand up after I get done praying. If you will, put your yes on the table. Just your yes. Here I am. Send me, right? Like I said, like, I don't know what it looks like. Maybe my neighbor, maybe my coworker, maybe my classmate, maybe you're calling me to, like, I don't know. Maybe calling to get saved, to be baptized, I don't know. <laughs> but as you're pondering this thought, can I remind you that our Lord and our King Jesus did not want to go to the cross? 
Do you know that? Three times he begged the Father, if there's any other way, I'm out, man. If there's any other way that our creation can be restored back to you, Father, I'm out. Three times he begged him, but in the same breath, but not my will. Here will be done. And he did it <laughs> because of love. What Paul is saying, because of what Christ has done, because of the love and he has set you free, will you give your life for the one and only King Jesus? I'm going to pray. And when I'm done, not for me, not to be a better Christian, but because Jesus, the Holy Spirit, has convicted you and spoke to you this morning, I want you to simply stand. By standing, saying, Jesus, I will go where you want me to go. I'll be who you want me to be, and I will do what you want me to do. My life is yours. I don't know what it looks like, but I will follow you anywhere and everywhere. Because I want the abundant life. I'm tired of my own. You ready? Let me pray. Listen, one more thing. If you don't stand, there's no condemnation. God loves you. I love you. He adores you. This isn't about that. It's not about a show. It's not about looking good. It's not about any emotion. This is serious business. So only stand if he tells you to stand. Okay? Don't stand. You're not going to hurt my feelings. You're not going to hurt God's feelings. Cool? Let me pray. Lord Jesus, Holy Spirit, Father God, right now in this moment, I believe you are calling people to die to themselves, to be a living and holy sacrifice for you. God, and this is just the first step. So Holy Spirit, if you are convicting and telling people to do that right now, God, I pray we would listen. I bind Satan from this time. I bind the spirit of fear and confusion. God, give us clarity. Give us focus. Lord, help us be obedient to what you're telling us to do. Lord, just put our yes on the table whatever that means. Do what only you can do, Lord Jesus, in this moment. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.